0: Say hello to Floyd Little and Jim Brown. Sean Tucker in the orange record books with his fifth touchdown of the game.
1: All across CNY. Kick
0: the tires and
1: light the fires, Big Daddy. It's the 3-1-5. Hardy
0: faking feeds the three-shaves. He scores! scores!
1: (laughs) Here's Brian Higgins.
0: Welcome in everyone on this Monday. Always got to remember starting the show when you were taller than the previous occupant of the seat. The mic may not be exactly where it needs to be to uh, conduct professional radio broadcasts. But here we are ready to roll on this Monday. All basketball all the time now, huh? All of our, all our football teams all lost. Everyone lost. Everybody lost. Everybody lost. If you followed our picks this week, you lost. Jesus soups won, though, so there is uh, that. and got that to talk about today. Uh, We'll get into a little bit Giants and Bills uh, today. Hopefully, we'll be joined by some Giants and Bills types uh, throughout the week to begin the uh, transition into the offseason. It is the NFL. There is always something to talk about in the NFL, but there are no longer uh, games to talk about in the NFL in regards to the teams whose games that we like to talk about. As the Giants and the Bills both went down in um, decisive fashion over the weekend. The Giants, uh, not terribly surprisingly, getting just uh, smoked on Saturday night by the Eagles. We were hopeful as our Giants collective, but once the game started and you watched the first two drives, Hope left the building and you just kind of settled in for the inevitable. Uh, The Bills getting uh, smoked by the Bengals. Not a surprise that the Bengals played well, but my goodness. The Bills completely no-showing the game was uh, surprising. Was surprising. Like, I thought the Bengals were going to show up. Like, I, di- I didn't think it was going to be a Bills blow up, but wow. That one that one threw me off a little yesterday. The weather playing a role, but uh, you'd think it would play a role in favor of the home team. We'll get into all that later on in the program. we got one uh, guest officially scheduled uh, for the show today. Uh, We're back on schedule. We had him Wednesday last week, but he is our Monday guest. He is one Adrian Autry joining us on the program today at 2.30, as Red will do every Monday here on the show, brought to you by Apex and 110 Grill. Both of them, I tell you, both of them located inside Destiny USA. Red will join us 2.30. And we'll get into our Monday groove. Plan is to be joined by Red uh, Monday, 2.30, rest of the way. And uh, one of Red's guys that is forward spot, Malik Brown, had himself a basketball game on Saturday worth talking about. And we'll get into it here in a second. But uh, a game that, as great as it was, lost in the shuffle because Gerard was so good on uh, Saturday. So we'll uh, we'll do all of that and burning a hole in my pockets. I put them there to get them out of my grubby little hands. I have not one but two basketball tickets to the basketball game tomorrow night between the basketball teams of Syracuse and the basketball team of North Carolina wearing the powder blues in the Dome tomorrow night at 9 o'clock. You want them, I have them. Trivia for tickets at the moment. You can't go anywhere because we're going to do it later. 3.30 at the moment. Subject to change if other things happen. But uh, car plan tickets from me to you. My gift, if you know the answer to my question, of which I think I've been reasonably generous in the ability to answer today's question, we shall see coming up at 3.30 if we need to uh, adjust our difficulty level up uh, later in the week. But tickets today to give away to North Carolina game tomorrow night, we shall have tickets later this week. The Orange are playing Virginia Tech on Saturday. That game is in Blacksburg. We do not have tickets to that one. I imagine you can acquire tickets to the game in Castle Coliseum without uh, breaking too much of a sweat. But we will also have tickets later this week for the next basketball game inside the Dome after tomorrow. That is Syracuse in Virginia on a Monday that is so large, it is big next Monday. So twice this week, tickets, me to you, trivia, 3.30. Uh, today, Red Autry, 2.30 today. Here a little bit coming up in a few minutes from Jim Beheim. Top of next hour, we'll dive deeper into the National Football League, and the differences between the two teams we care the most about here, the Giants and the Bills. Other shows, I suppose, would say the Bills and the Giants. Here on the 315, we say the Giants first. Both fan bases and both teams just got slaughtered over the weekend. The vibe is very different around those fan bases. We'll get into that one hour from now. But we start today with basketball. And... Happy fun times uh, for the Orange basketball team. You know, I, I don't think there's going to be a matter-of-fact game this team plays this year. Like, oh, they were favored, went on the road to Georgia Tech, and won by 17. That just sounds simple. Cut and dry matter in fact. Uh, no. That's not how this year's team does it. Coach Bayheim last week was speaking about his defense when he said this, but he he was bemoaning the lack of consistency. You know, due to young, due to size, due to whatever. Who cares why? doesn't matter why. But there's a lack of consistency, Jim was talking about, specific to the Orange defense. Well, it, it, it applies to literally this team in basically every game all year. Have we had one game this year that has been consistent good bad or otherwise i don't care like they even like if we had one game this year that has been consistent from minute 1 to minute 40 minute 1 to minute 40 like it's gone kind of the same the whole way no and you know there's no way there's not a stat to back this up there's this is a feel thing but I don't remember a Syracuse basketball team in any recent vintage that is so all over the map, good, bad, and otherwise within games as this one. You know, in the past, is oh they played a good game, they played a bad game, they played an okay game. This is like, well, they played a great four minutes, a terrible four minutes, a medium four minutes. My goodness, they're all over the map. Now they're winning. Now they're losing. What is happening? It's every game. And I'll give this year's team this: they're interesting. They are interesting because you don't you can't turn away because you don't know what's going to happen next. And when I say next, I mean in the next minute, the next possession. Like there is not consistency. And when push comes to shove and we get to March, that may be the downfall of this year's team. Or consistent in the non conference season, lost winnable games, games they should or could win now, but they won't. Because so you can't rewrite it. Rewrite it. It's over. We saw it at Virginia a few weeks ago. The team was not good early, and then tried to roar back into the game. Monday, last Monday against Miami, you know they're down, they're up, they're down again, and it ends. This week, just hashtag slow starts. The first four minutes of this game, were they guarding anybody? No. Did it matter? No. Like, it feels like every game, like, they aren't just dig a hole. All right, dig a hole, fill the hole, start again. Now you're up, now you're down. It's all over the place. And I, I don't know if there's any way to stop the just roller ness of this season. That's a that's a word, right? Roller coasterness. Like it is just so all over the joint that you can't quite figure it out. It's not necessarily a bad thing. We talk about people are tired or talking about a young team. Well, why is the team inconsistent? Well, in theory, famous last words. In theory, the more veteran you are, the more consistent you are. That is not. true, but, you know, grand scope, zoom out over the years, generally veteran players are more consistent than freshmen, generally. Now, if the freshman is Tyler Ennis, who's been more consistent than him, Carmelo Anthony, like he was consistently the best player in the country every day all year, that's one thing. This year's team doesn't have that. And you know, sometimes you get a veteran, they were talking on the previous show, I mentioned a guy like Tyler Roberson on Orange Nation, or you know, there have been guys like that over the years where uh, consistency, I uh, know. But generally, veteran guys are more consistent than the young guys. So, you know, there's young guys involved, you're all over the map. And unfortunately, I think we still got to file Benny with the young guys, at least as far as consistency goes, because you just never know what's coming. But this was another game of, whoa, oh, and then late, you know, eight, nine minutes to go. It looks like the Orange are cruising, and then all of a sudden, it's a five-point game. It's like, what what just happened? And then, boom, 17-point win. Like in previous years, you say, oh, you were favored. You went down to Georgia Tech, one by 17. Ho-hum, file it away. Not this year. But what, what this game did give us, and I'll tell you who is being consistent, In ACC play, because he's been in double figures all but one ACC game. And he's been uh, over 20 more often than not in ACC games. But uh, Joe Girard is, as a veteran guy, a fourth-year guy, he is bringing consistency when it comes to play in ACC basketball games. And I'll say this for Joe. uh, For my money, Saturday was the best game he's ever played in a Syracuse uniform. Top of my head, can't think of a better one. It's not his career high in scoring. He had 28. He's been north of 30 before, including this year. But when you look at how the game was going, when you look at how Syracuse was down by 11, down by 9, when you look at Gerard's role in the 17 nothing run that took the lead for good, as it turned out, he had 13 out of the 17 and 10 straight at one point. And then late, Georgia Tech made a little move, cut it to five, and Joe said, that's enough both with his shooting, hit a big three in the second half late, and with his playmaking ability, had the a lob to Malik Brown, which stood out as, in many ways to me, like the highlight of the game. It was a seed through traffic, and Malik just went up and slammed it home. I think it was the best game Joe Girard's ever played. And at least off the top of my head, and I said the same thing Saturday on the postgame show, I, I could, just cannot come up with, like a close second of games Gerard has played. You know, he's had halves. He's had moments. He, he's had all those times. You know, he's, had, he's gone out there and, you know, bent on one for a half and popped in 20 and a half and whatever. Then the other half, speaking of consistency, like the other half of the game, where's Joe? Well, where was he? He, he was there all game long on Saturday for the Arch. He was fantastic. And I think because of that, Malik Brown kind of got lost to the shuffle. I mean, Malik was great. Probably the best game of his career, too. The rebounding wasn't there as much, partly because the Orange didn't miss as many shots. But 18 points in the game for Malik. He was great. Played 32 minutes. Benny played just eight. Like the Benny rollercoaster uh, continues. And we saw the uh, re-emergence re, re of Kadir Copeland. I, I thought he was not done so as if he's never going to play again, he's going to transfer, but I, I thought he was done being a factor this year. And then he comes out and he plays his uh, most significant role that he's played all year long, being out there during the big run in the first half and uh, sometime in the second half, uh, season high, a.k.a. career high in minutes uh, for Kadir, played 17 uh, minutes in the game. So the lack of consistency, good, bad, and otherwise – is playing Syracuse into and out of and into and out of and into and out of every game all year. I don't know where it's going to lead. I, I don't know if it's too late for it to lead to the tournament. It's never quite too late for it to lead to the tournament, is it? But this is not a boring outfit. It is not a boring outfit. I'll give it that. Because, you know, there's some teams, they just they plod through it. They're kind of just there, and the season's over, and okay. Okay. That's it. And they've been tournament teams or not. But this year's team, it's like you tomorrow night, 9 o'clock, Dome, North Carolina. You're going to be at the game. You're going to be in your car listening on the radio. You're going to be on your couch watching on TV. You're going to maybe have had a cup of coffee later in the day than you normally do. Or uh, had some different beverages at different hours on different days of the week than you normally do. And you're going to turn... On that TV, the ball's going to go up in the air at slightly past nine inside the dome tomorrow night. And if you tell me you have any clue what's going to happen in the game, you are better than me and you're better than the rest of us because uh, that's what this year's team has given us. They're giving us a, a new story every night and a story that I don't think they know is uh, what's going to be written before the game started. And I'll say this, it's keeping it interesting. Uh, it's keeping it interesting more often than not. So looking forward to it, to it tomorrow night. Cuse in Carolina in the dome, nine o'clock. Full coverage here, Axe pregame 8, me and Devo postgame, 11-ish. Please be 11, not not the later part of the ish. That's for me. But we'll see. Houston, Carolina, man. Sounds good, doesn't it? Houston, Carolina. The Carolina Blues. Not that I wish injury on anybody, but if Armando Baycott's ankle had wanted to take like a week longer to feel better than it does right now, I wouldn't have argued against it. But, oh boy, he's a beast. I'm getting to that more later today, and certainly in tomorrow's show. Getting ready for the game inside the dome, but these these are the type of games that if Syracuse a quad, whatever I don't know what quad it's going to be. Carolina's record isn't what you'd think it would be. It's a home game. The quads will quad this, quad that, net this, net that. The, the people net ranking and whatever. Like none of these rankings are ever perfect. the The Clemson Virginia Tech game over the weekend. Clemson beat Virginia Tech. And, like, Virginia Tech went up in the net ranking. They've lost seven straight games. They're still ahead of Clemson who's leading the league. Like, it, I, I'm not a, I'm not a, oh, these rankings are terrible. You can't use them. Like, it's clearly better than the RPI, but to say these things are perfect is a whole different deal. But they are what we've got, and they are what matters when it comes to making the tournament. So the Orange uh, would be well advised to start winning games like the one that will be played tomorrow night inside the Dome. But that will take a break. We'll hear a little bit from the Hall of Famer. Uh, Jim Beheim, when we come back, what uh, words have come out of his mouth since last game ended? And his assistant coach, his associate head coach, Juan Adrian Red Autry, will join us at the bottom of the hour. That is 2.30, and that is coming up in less than 15 minutes, brought to you by Apex and 110 Grill in Destiny, USA. Looking forward to our weekly chat with Red. With that off and running here on this Monday, glad to be here with you for yet another week in central New York, in the 315, fall across Syracuse, Utica, Rome, and wherever you may be, IQsportstalk.com. We're back after this.
1: WTLA North Syracuse, WSGO Oswego, W249 BC Mattydale, W261 AC Oswego, WTKWHD2 Bridgeport, ESPN Radio.
2: Can we review our status here, Si? Let's look at this thing from a, uh, from a uh, standpoint of status. Can't go back, Can't go forward. What am I gonna do? Hey, what happened? You have nothing better to do at 3 o'clock in the afternoon?
1: Lisa, if you don't like your job, you don't strike. You just go in every day and do it really half-assed. That's the American way. This is a great day. A really great day. All across CNY, it's the 3 with Brian Higgins. Halfway home, here's what's happened so
0: far. All right, here's what's happened so far on the program. We've talked about the Orange basketball team and their win at Georgia Tech on Saturday, and a good win it was. Joe, JG3, Red didn't see it this way. Adrian Autry also joined us last hour to talk about that. I thought it was the best game. Of Joe's career. That was my initial reaction, and I say it still stands a few days later, and we reviewed our picks. Ooh. Bad picks, bad picks all around. Bounce back week. Bounce back week for picks. And again, results not guaranteed. Josh will join us here for the 411 in a few minutes. 3.30 trivia tickets. Cuse, Carolina, tomorrow night, Dome, 9 o'clock. All that good stuff. Got a trivia question uh, waiting for you in about 25 minutes from now to get tickets to the game tomorrow night. But let's talk a little football. The two teams we talk about most are the Giants and the Bills. Sorry to the Jets. But we talk Giants, we talk Bills. We are the Giants on this station, and we are the Bills on K Rock, and we do so for a reason. We talk about them for a reason. Uh, Most of you within the sound of my voice are fans of one or the other of those teams. And both teams got just slaughtered this week the giants uh never in it against the eagles you could tell from like the first eagles drive was uh-oh then the first giants drive it was uh-oh second eagles drive uh-oh game over that was it that was it the bills you're down 14 nothing you got the one touchdown you, you hung around a little bit but it just never really felt like you were there never felt like you were there 27-10 was the loss and, you know, stinks for both fan bases, but we come out of this weekend here on a Monday and Bills fans, not not in a great place today. Giants fans, I think everyone's all right. And what's funny is both teams were blown out. And obviously you don't want to lose in the playoffs and the whole thing. I think, you know, Giants fans get blown out on Saturday night. You get to that stage. It's been kind of a season where you're skating through, you're playing above your skis, you're you're winning tight games, and you get to this point against the number one seed, and you get blown out. You say, okay, that's what it is. That's what the top of your conference is right now, and here's where you got to go. And you say, eh. Now, had it, for whatever reason, been a close game, and had the Giants lost on something screwy late, I don't think I'd be in happy fun time mood here right now. Uh, no, I think it would just be oh, I can't believe this and that. Ah, if the Giants had just pulled out this thing, they'd be going on the road to take on a, a, a freaking rookie quarterback. that get a chance to go to the Super Bowl. You don't get these chances every day. Ah, I can't believe they blew it. And man, this team's been so good in close games. How did they? Heh. But the fact that they just went in there and got smacked by a better team, and that's what it was. They played three times this year. They've lost all three. They've gotten smacked twice against the Eagles, and that's what it is. It tells you where the Giants are and where they need to go with their roster, with whatever, to get to the top of the conference. You know what you got to do. You saw it firsthand on Saturday night. And now if you're the team or a fan, you can say, all right, unexpected season, great season. Hopefully this has been the first step on the return to respectability. Now, on the other hand, the Bills, who last season, are coming off an all-timer loss. Maybe loss is the wrong word. The Bills are coming off an all-timer win by the other team. 13 seconds, the insane end to that game in Kansas City last year in this round of the playoffs. Like, game you should have, could have won. That's right there. What a football game. All-time classic. Hearts ripped out. You come into this season. You're the Super Bowl favorites basically all year long. You got Josh Allen. You got the whole thing, and you're going to go win the Super Bowl. And the talk from day one is Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. And as crazy as it sounds, like, you know, Bills fans know of getting their hearts ripped out. I think for the Bills, it's almost worse to have gotten blown out than losing another, oh my God, had that just happened game. Because for the Bills, last year you were there. Two years ago, AFC title game, you know, you lose by two touchdowns, but you're in the game. Last year you are there in a playoff game and it gets ripped away from you. This year, now you have another team having entered the fray in the Bengals and they come to your place and beat you soundly. All of a sudden, you've gone from being there to being darn near in the Super Bowl to being further away than ever in the last three years. Like, the realization that, okay, we've been fighting to get to the Chiefs. We, we can beat the Chiefs. We've beaten them the last two regular seasons. 13 seconds, we're going to take out the Chiefs. We're going to go to the Super Bowl. Then the Bengals said, yeah, back of the line, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you, you were... You were getting to the front of the wrong line. Bengals are here. Back it up. You're third best in the league now. You thought you were second best, maybe you gone to first best. You're third, and decisively. That's got to be a worse feeling right now as a Bills fan All and the team. All the moves you made, all the steps you made the last three years, and now chuck to the back of the line. Where the Giants are just, all right, well, now we know. Now, who knows what's going to happen next year? I forget where I saw it, Twitter or somewhere, I don't know, Instagram, something. Somewhere yesterday, Somewhere did a thing where they, if every one score game this year had been reversed, what would the league records have been? You know, obviously that's not what happens, but like the Browns would have been a one seed, the Vikings would have been the worst team in the league, the Giants would have won five games. Like, who knows what's going to happen next year? Who knows? But the Giants fans can come out of this weekend of getting blown out and said, okay, good season. We know where we are. We know where we need to go. Where the Bills fans come out of this weekend and say, oh, God, we are further away than ever. And that feeling can't be uh, very fun right now for the two fan bases and two teams and organizations who talk about the most. We'll be joined by Bills and Giants guests, I'm sure, uh, throughout the rest of the week. But the Bills went from feeling like they were right there. AFC title game one year, the next year, 13 seconds, Ugh. Like This is what the Bills were thinking last year. Again, the Bengals have shown that this may not have been the case. But last year, the Bills were thinking, we win that game, we host the AFC title game, we're wiping the Bengals off the map. That thought may be the part that's a step too far. We're wiping the Bengals off the map, we're going to the Super Bowl, beating the Rams, bring the trophy. And that, that thought carries into this season, and now the Bengals say, yeah, no. And then just imagine what happens this upcoming summer. If the Bengals win again, and Burrow and the Bengals have four wins over the Chiefs in 13 months. woo Narratives, people! It's going to be a fun weekend ready for that game. And uh, Eagles-Niners should be a good one as well. Looking forward to the games this weekend. When, when do you ever not look forward to the games this time of year with just three football games remaining in this National Football League season? With that, we'll break. Josh will be here with a 4-on-1 when we come back. And tickets to give away. Two of them. Two tickets. Two tickets here. New tickets to the Carolina game. Trivia for tickets coming up at 3.30. Stay tuned for that here on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.
1: Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> All across CNY, it's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. Bring,
0: bring, oh. Here I am rolling along on this Monday afternoon, getting into the week. We've talked a lot of cute hoops, little therapy time for Bills fans. The uh, Giants also lost this last week, but uh, Giants fans are doing okay. We're doing okay. But right now, right now what we are going to do, I have two tickets to the basketball game tomorrow night, a basketball game in the Dome that starts at 9 o'clock a basketball game in the Dome that is featuring Syracuse and North Carolina, who is the defending national runner-up, if that is something that you uh, defend. And I have two tickets to the game, of which I would like to give away via a trivia question. So we shall go to the line. Uh, First up, we have Drew in the queue. Drew, welcome in. How are you doing? You ready for some trivia for tickets for the game tomorrow night? I am. All right, Drew, here is the question. Joe Girard uh, over the weekend, just moved into top 20 all-time in the ACC for three-point shooting uh, in threes made. Buddy Bayheim is Syracuse's ACC all-time leader. He is 10th all-time in the ACC in three-point shooting. If you can name one of the nine players in ACC history that have made more threes uh, than Buddy, you are going to the game tomorrow night. You got nine possible answers. Who you got? Jerry Gerard or no, Jerry McNamara. Uh, Jerry McNamara played zero ACC games, so that is uh, not correct. Thanks Aww. for the call, Drew. Okay, so uh, we, listening comprehension is key when it comes uh, to the trivia questions. All right, uh, Vito, uh, welcome in. Always good to chat with you, Vito, in Liverpool. All right, uh, trivia for the the game tomorrow night, Vito. Uh, Gerard just moved into the top twenty in ACC history and three pointers made. Uh, The most three-pointers made by a Syracuse player belongs to uh, Buddy Beheim. He is 10th in ACC history in three-pointers made. If you can name one of the nine ACC players ahead of Buddy on the list, you got tickets for tomorrow night. What say you, Vito?
2: Yeah, I can give you the number one all-time. That's an easy question for me, J.J. Redick.
0: Okay, see, you know, I was debating this, video, and you are correct. Congratulations. I was debating this. I was going to ask originally who is number one on the list and I, I didn't know if that was gonna be too tough or too easy. So I'm glad I'm glad you didn't take the easy way out, Vito. I'm glad you gave us number one. That that makes me feel better about this whole operation here.
2: Yeah, he was, he was a great shooter. He was one of my favorite shooters of all time, actually.
0: Uh, yeah, JJ ended, J.J. ended up with 457 uh, made threes. Speaking of Buddy, Buddy had 309, and uh, Gerard is now up to 269, to give you a little place on the list. All right, Vito, congrats. Uh, tickets for you coming up tomorrow night. Hang on the line. We'll get your info and uh, send you to the game tomorrow night, okay? Hey, sounds good. Uh, can we transition this into a call? We, no? do, I, we can absolutely do that, Vito. As winner of tickets, we we can do whatever you want right now.
2: That sounds good to me, buddy. Uh, yeah, so more more people coming with me to the game tomorrow night, so thanks for the two tickets. Uh, regarding the game tomorrow night, I'm extremely worried about North Carolina. They always worry me. I, I don't think that their record this year is any indication of how we match up against them, which is not good. Um, their guards scare me. I think Edwards is completely neutralized inside. And uh, the only way we're going to win is if Malik Brown steps up and we get some uh, rebounding. That's the only way we can win. Uh, I mean, uh, well, that's stretching it, saying the only way. But, I mean, obviously we need good offensive output from Joe. But uh, they, they really scare me. At this point, we're in a must-win situation. I think this team needs to go 13-7 and minimum uh, to have any consideration for the tournament. Um, I still think uh, – I still think Samir should have been in the game. Sorry, guys. Against Miami at the end. <laughs> All right, Vito.
0: <laughs> I, you're, you're sticking to it. And I'll, I'll give you that. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, Baycott's going to be a, a heck of a battle. And uh, Vito, always good for the call. Thanks for calling it. Do hang on the line, Vito, so they can yep. get you the tickets. That is uh, Vito in Liverpool. Uh, he's got a crew going, and we've increased his crew going to the game uh, tomorrow night by two. But uh, it, Vito's uh, points uh, in, in order there. What we really haven't seen yet is we talked to Red about this a little bit. Uh, the idea of Armando Baycott, and my goodness, like Baycott's had an ankle thing off and on this season, but when he's been on, like seeing his numbers like 22 and 17, like 19 and 14, like he's not just squeaking out these double doubles. He is having massive games. And he had a very good game against uh, the Orange last year. He had a, a game similar to that. Brady Manick, who's kind of was the secret sauce last year, has been missing uh, this year because he's you know, graduated. He's not there anymore. Um, I think Carolina's kind of struggled to fill in his role from last season. But Baycott, when healthy, has been unbelievable. He's the preseason player of the year in the league and if he keeps playing like this, even though he missed time, he probably should be the postseason player of the year in the league this year. But what we didn't see in Chapel Hill last year, it was a big Monday game. It went to overtime because the Orange you know, made a ton of shots and but they didn't have And Frank Anselm did his darndest and battled inside. But what we didn't get to see, and what I was excited about seeing, you know, about a month before that game happened, was Jesse Edwards, who was playing great at the time, versus Armando Bacot. Now, two years ago, you know, Bacot wasn't this yet. Two years ago, Edwards certainly wasn't this yet. What are we going to get? Like, Baca, Edwards, one-on-one, let's go. Because Bacot's the best center in the league. Like, anybody arguing that, I I don't know what to do for you. Like, we like Jesse. If you want to argue for Jesse as the second-best center in the league, uh, that is an argument I'm willing to listen to, if not make. But Baycott's number one, and if you're saying anybody else is, that's silliness. But we, n- we didn't get this matchup last year. We didn't get it. We did not get Baycott versus Edwards, both healthy, both ready to go. Baycott rolled the ankle. That's a few weeks ago. Uh, his numbers recently say the ankle's fine. Whether it is or not, I don't know. His numbers <laughs> his numbers are fine. He's fine. Uh, Jesse, Jesse was playing really well like a month plus ago. He's been fine recently, but he's been inconsistent with in-games. In his first half on uh, Saturday at Georgia Tech, it wasn't great. And, you know, fouls and this and taken out and Munir came in and he was fine during the run and all that stuff. But Jesse, after halftime, was outstanding. Against Carolina, the not need Jesse to be outstanding for like 35 minutes, 32 to 35 minutes. Because Baycott, he's that dude. Baycott's that guy. He's legit. And then, you know, the other thing is going to be like this Leaky Black thing. Uh, Leaky Black got uh, kicked out of the game on... Saturday with the flagrant two. I believe that means he's okay to play tomorrow night. It's a different situation than the buddy thing from the tournament because he got kicked out during the game. I don't believe there's any further suspension on that. Correct me if I'm wrong. We'll uh, verify that by tomorrow. But, you know, he had uh, the collision. Was it a dirty play? It wasn't like it wasn't. Like, over-the-top, egregiously dirty, but, you know, Leakey, he, he walks that line. He's that guy in the league as a defender uh, the last couple of years. So how is Carolina going to deploy him? It would be odd to see him on Gerard size-wise, but if Carolina says, hey, we're this guy is leading the ACC in scoring, and that is what Gerard is doing in ACC games right now, he's leading the league in scoring in league games, Right now, like, do they toss Leaky Black on him and say, okay, you're shut down or not if Gerard can overcome it? It would be a little, it would be kind of weird, uh, but it'd be very interesting to see how how Carolina opts to deal with him. Not that their guards are schlubs, but um, Leaky, he's a small forward type, but he's their best defender, and that's his lead thing. But it, it got me thinking here. You know, a, a little bit uh, down a rabbit hole today on uh, where we are with Gerard. That's how we got into this whole uh, trivia question that uh, Gerard just got into the top 20 all-time ACC all-time made threes. And saying, well, he's currently leading the league in scoring in ACC games. And we got going a little bit further after that.
1: Once again, Brian goes down a rabbit hole.
2: Very important date. No time to say hello, goodbye. I'm
1: late. I'm late. I'm late. Be very, very quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. This time, I'll just go into the bushes over there, make a lot of noise, and flush out a rabbit. Hello, hello, it's me, Miss Roberts! Help! Curiosity often leads to trouble. Oh, 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 oh.
0: All right, so this got me thinking, and we'll see if he does. But right now, in ACC games only, all games, Gerard is fifth in the league in scoring, but ACC games only, so equal playing field. Gerard is leading the league. He's the only player, after going for 28 on Sunday, and obviously on Smith had been leading the league and got hurt during the game, so that hurts his numbers. But Gerard is the only player north of 20 points a game in conference games this year. He's leading the league right now in conference games only by about a point and a half, almost two points a game. So I kind of looked at it since Syracuse has joined the league. Who are these guys? Where does Gerard fit in the realm of guys that have led the league in scoring in conference games only? Well, last year who led the league in scoring in conference games only? Buddy Beheim. Oh, well, we know him. Two years ago, Matthew Hurt from Duke. He was a freshman with them. Man, these one-and-dones, there's so many of them. Whatever happened to him? Is he in the league? I have no idea. It's just kind of a name at this point. The year before that, Garrison Brooks, who was a decent player at Carolina. Elijah Hughes was actually second in the league in scoring that year. Year prior to that, R.J. Barrett. He worked out okay, led the league in scoring. Year before that, Jerome Robinson. What? Boston College player from 2018, led the ACC in conference games, more than 24 points a game. Shows you're not, just because you do that, like you can do that and be a great player in the league, doesn't, it's not, Straight line between that and the NBA. John Collins, Wake Forest, the year before that. He's had a very nice NBA career. I believe there's currently a lot of trade rumors around him and the Hawks. 2016, Cat Barber, NC State, averaged almost 24 points a game. Uh-huh. The year before that, Boston College again, Olivier Hanlon. Uh-huh. And the year before that, a guy that did make it in the NBA, and T.J. Warren uh, for NC State. So we look at that list over 10 years. Gerard, Bayheim Hurt, Brooks, Barrett, Robinson, Collins, Barber, Hanlon, Warren. Like it's not, this is not a list of lottery picks here. So you say, wow, Joe Gerard is leading the ACC in scoring in league games. Well, it actually kind of fits in with that list. You know, it's a guy, pick a team that needs a guy to carry a heavy load on offense. They can do it. It's a guy like that. And Gerard, Fits in with that list to to, to say that he, like he's over his skis or anything at this point, I don't think so. I think looking at this list, and we're closing in on halfway through the conference slate. The orange are six and three in the league, so we'll be halfway through the conference season after tomorrow night. Time flies. Like Gerard's got. Like it's not a fluke here. Gerard's got a reasonable chance in conference games to lead the league in scoring. Like a reasonable chance, and we'll see. Terquavion Smith, uh, wishing him the best again. Injured on that fall, had an air cast, the whole thing. He tweeted last night, "I'm fine." I I don't know how fine I'm fine really is. So wishing, wishing him the best. He's been just a special player. He's leading the league in all games that's scoring. But you know, let's let's take out the randomness of some of those non-conference games of maybe weaker strength of schedules. Like conference games only. Gerard is leading. The league and scoring. To beat North Carolina, we know this. Like, Carolina scores. Like, you know, you, you can end up with a grinder with a lot of teams in the league. Virginia, league. you can end up with a grinder. Like you never see Carolina. Like, the final Carolina game is never like 63 to 61. Like you got to get up into the 70s, maybe the 80s to win this game tomorrow night. gerard has got to be there with his 20 or more. Speaking of what Vito said there, like Malik Brown's got to be coming in off the bench to like 10. Jesse Edwards has got to go toe-to-toe with Baycott. He might give up some. Baycott's going to get his. But Jesse's got to get it back on the other end. You got to score. No duh. You have to score to win basketball games. I am breaking ground here. You got to score to play with Carolina. The way they play. The tempo they play. Your Judah Mints. Man, I think it could be a good Judah game tomorrow night. Bright Lights. Carolina. Feels like games like this wind him up a little, in a good way, I think. We'll see. We shall see. Looking forward to it tomorrow night, though. I'm glad to give away the tickets to Vito. He's got a crew going tomorrow night. All right. Vito and his crew, we know, we know them. Well, we'll hear from you on the postgame show tomorrow when you're exiting at the Dome, I'm sure of that. Uh, coverage tomorrow, pregame X, 8 o'clock, postgame me and Devo at 11. And all of these places that you are watching and listening right now looking forward to all of that tomorrow on uh, uh, this show today we've just passed 344 and this hour brought to you by William Attar hurt in the car call William Attar at 444 4 and one more 4 for good measure with that our last break we'll come back wrap it up tell you what's on temp tonight what's on temp this week right here at and ESPN Radio